This is Death Watch, the monthly podcast where we eulogize one of the greats who has recently passed by watching some of their work that we were not previously familiar with. I'm, I guess I'm shattering the intro of this by watching some of their work. My name is Matt Brown. I'm Matthew Price. Uh, welcome back. Nice to see you. Thank you. I feel. Should I Nimoy this? Uh, you want to? Can you? Bill Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, we're recording this on February 26th, which means it goes into your feeds in just two days on the 28th. And today we're going to be discussing the work of actor, writer, and director Buck Henry, yeah. who was nominated for an Academy Award for the screenplay for The Graduate. Uh, and I watched his uh, co-directing effort with Warren Beatty, which he was also nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director, which is Heaven Can Wait. Uh, and you watched... Uh, I watched uh, <laughs> t- a later film, Town and Country. Yeah. What did you just forget? We told Dr. No, no, no. I wanted, I wanted you to oh, say, okay. I don't want to always speak for you. Oh, fair. You know I what? mean, you're really good at it. So I enjoy ordering food uh, in, in restaurants. Yeah, so yeah. I watched Town and Country. Um, but you've left out, he's also, you said actor? You yeah. Said director, you said mm-hmm. writer. I did. Host. 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 Um, top yep. five for hosts of SNL. SNL host. Yeah, multi-SNL yeah. host. Yeah. Responsible for some fair of enough. the most... Badass, weird. Only he could do the stunt baby sketch. Hmm. Do you know the stunt baby I don't. sketch? I don't They're making a movie with a baby in it. Yep. And then they have to do, like, some, the baby has to be in peril. So they go, bring in the stunt baby. Uh, and then, like, another live baby comes in and they, like, toss it into a fire. Yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we get to the normal run of things, I think it was worth mentioning. I mean, this is our February episode, which means we have just recently passed through. An Oscars death montage. This year's notable omissions from the Oscars death montage include. I, I hate this. Go ahead. Luke Perry. That's not an omission. Sid Haig. That's an omission. Rene Aubergenois, the subject of our That's December an episode. That's an omission. Tim Conway. What is a Tim Conway? Not enough to get in the death montage. Larry Cohen, the subject of our June yeah, episode. Yeah, that's an omission. Orson Bean. Jan, no, no, that happened after. Jan Michael Vincent. Yes, and true. Michael J. Pollard. Those are this year's Correct. notable, but not Luke Perry, notable omissions. Not a movie star. He's in. You can't be in a, just TV. He was, he, you can't he do a was cameo in one of the nominated films yeah, for best picture. You can't for that. You can't stop evening. off for a fucking cameo. I love that you're in a movie standing that up year. for the moral justifications. Of I'm the just death saying, montage. there's got to be some choices. Silly. No, of course there's there have to be choices. choices. But people, and I is, love Luke Perry, but like, let me you tell know, you something. This is TV. our bailiwick. This is our lookout. Is this exact topic? So I'm going to list who I think Fair. the obvious. Misses and I'm right with I'm right with for you any given year on Aubergineois and Michael J. Pollard. I feel like Sid Haig's Cohen. the one that's just like what the Sid, fuck, man. Sid Haig, I agree. Like again, yeah, for yeah, different yeah. quadrants of yeah. movie going. Part of the problem is that it's all the disciplines they and they have to make sure that they're touching. I know all the guilds, right? So and yeah. they have to fit it into the length of yeah, a, of and a Billie so Eilish song. I get it, and we only know the actors, so it always seems like that's the big omission. But guaranteed, there were people in makeup and sets, other that's things granted. that didn't. You know. I do like the fact that that there are multiple omissions, quote unquote omissions, from our actual canon of episodes. So if you feel like Aubergine was a miss, or if Larry Cohen was a miss, totally for God's sake, go into our back catalog, listen to those episodes. We right. missed them too. Oh, I thought you meant like write in a vote. No, 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 no. I just you mean that, that you have the opportunity yeah. to engage with their work through. Yeah. This Check, podcast absolutely that Check you're listening out. to right now yeah yeah then I just I and then I just watched something else that had Aubergine on it like, yeah like right after dude gets into everything he's terrific yeah. yeah uh okay so now that that's out of the way we can go into our proper roll call okay 
Uh, this is Roll Call. This is Roll Call. This is the uh, section of the show where I take far too long. Uh, sometimes, sometimes days. Sometimes hours. And I, 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 I want to personally apologize for rolling a, a, a roll call last time. That that uh, I'm not gonna lie, got away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, it sucker is, got away from me. It is I, called roll call, and sometimes if you're rolling on a slight uh, incline on a downhill, yeah, I just, just kept starts rolling. To pick up speed, and, and all I can think is that by halfway through that thing, you were like. How long? I was literally like, how? Because the thing about roll call that is nice or horrible yeah. is that it obviously, for the large part, takes place in chronological order. So occasionally, I will be aware of where, right. like right. signpost deaths, where I'm like, oh, now I know where I am in the month. And then once in a while, one will come up, and I was like, oh no, that was three weeks ago. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Where we've got a ways well, to go yet. Yeah. So but I, the last thing you want to do, I think this is. Important. I don't want to rush it, but I also don't want to dwell on it. Here's the thing. I, yeah. I think we need to make clear to you. First of all, thank you for the apology. It was unnecessary. Yeah. But I need to make clear to you and to the audience that when something gets moving to a certain rate of speed, when something is rolling too fast, there always comes a point at which it becomes too dangerous to jump off safely. I believe that that is right. where we got only with way, last month's roll only call. way out. Only way Just out was r- through. Ride it all the way to the bottom. That's correct. <laughs> Gotta go around the horn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean in this context? That's, okay. uh, you know, from Toy Story. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, so let's kick this off. So uh, notable. So these are other people that passed away this month uh, because, of course, we can't do a show about everyone. Can't do everybody. And uh, so we always start from the day the previous show was recorded, not necessarily the day that show yeah, that's correct. aired. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of it's, – uh, it's been more than four weeks since we sat. So I know. Uh, but I will I will. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, and yeah. I love doing this. Oh, I just man, want to say I love I mean, doing I, it. I find it fascinating. Yeah, so let's so let's go. Uh, first death I noticed: Sonny Grosso. Don't know who that is. So Sonny Grosso is known, especially to Canadians, really in two ways. He was a New York City police detective, uh, and it's basically him that's being immortalized in the French Connection. Right. He's the real right. Popeye Doyle. He's the real French Connection. Yeah. He then went on. To be a very successful television producer, notably for the Canadian 1980s cop show Night Heat, which if you were a working actor in Toronto, Mm -hmm. you were on that show. And Night Heat, of course, has has, I just and I won't do this for everyone, but I do want to say so Night Heat is supposed to be an American cop show. So they would go downtown Mm -hmm. overnight and shoot and they would to make it look American. They would uh, pile up garbage. Mm -hmm. Right. Several times in the course of running the show, they would break for lunch and come back, and the city's street cleaning team had come in and cleaned Taking up the all the garbage yeah. they had painstakingly yeah. <laughs> laid around because Great. Toronto is so clean. We are notoriously clean. Yeah. Or we were. That's right. Yeah. Uh, John Carlin, who was an actor, he, uh, he had multiple roles on the ABC serial Dark Shadows, but most notably he played Harvey Lacey, who was the husband of Mary Beth Lacey on Cagney and Lacey. Oh, the mustache, right? right? Great. Uh, James uh, Lehrer was a, I don't know who that is. He was an American journalist and novelist. From the McNeil Lehrer News Hour? Uh, No, couldn't. No. That guy's already dead. No. Uh, Oh, okay. So uh, Clayton Christensen, he was an American academic. He was best known for coining the theory of uh, disruptive innovation mm-hmm. uh, in his 1997 book, The Innovator's Dilemma, which is essentially how Silicon Valley tech 
works. He's the first person to kind of recognize it, put a label on it. Great. Um, and now every organization since then has been desperately trying to do that yeah, internally, even though they are not equipped to do it. A hundred percent. But yeah. it has. So it has been called the most influential business idea of the early twentieth and twenty first century. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Remington, who is an American artist and illustrator. Quick, do you know why Barbara Remington? No. Uh, did all the cover art for the Ballantine Books paperback editions of all the Tolkien novels. Jesus. Yeah, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, uh, wow. and her Tolkien-related poster, A Map of Middle-Earth. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Kit Hood, co-creator of Degrassi. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And his daughter, Gigi. That yeah. was a... I mean, that's still just a mess. It's so... Fucking raw, yeah. Man. Like on all sides, and I I watched all sides of it. I'm not the person to wade into that no. debate on either side. No, he clearly very important and yeah. clearly very problematic. And just like I actually, I mean, the reason that I think it's uh, notable beyond just you know it's obviously tragic how he passed away and his daughter mm-hmm. Gigi was with him, but the um. The way in which it illustrates how completely unable we are to hold more than one idea in our heads yeah. online. Yep. <laughs> right? It's just we're just not equipped for this world of, you know, 200 character thoughts mm-hmm. about everything. And also, like, to I, I think to extend that even further, there's this thing that I think we've talked about on this show in the past and probably on our previous podcast in some length, which is that we're really not good with – the idea of, I mean, it sounds so trite to call them shades of gray, but like the idea that a person can do some pretty horrible shit at some point in their yeah. life or even repeatedly throughout their life, but also have other attributes about themselves that mm-hmm. are very significant and powerful mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, I mean, good. We, last year we mentioned Jean Vanier yeah. passing away. And this year, you know, Jean Vanier serially, uh, abused women yeah. took advantage of the women who were often of limited capacity. Yeah. I feel like we did right. an episode of, of Mamo where we talked about about Gene Roddenberry after the allegations uh by Grace Lee Whitney against him, the rape allegations right. came up. It's like right. what do you do with some well, cultural and, context you know, around the creator of Star Trek who might also have been a rapist? Like it's yeah. it's it we really do not have the equipment as a society I to mean, deal with those ideas. And the problem with that is we're I mean, obviously to lesser degrees we're all of us capable of and guilty of horrible shit in our lives. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we wish we hadn't done. Yeah, there's God no, willing, they're not rape. No, but there's no coming to grips That's with right. our own our inherent fallibility and yeah, yeah, humanity yeah. and and not just, you know, and what it means to be human, which is what it means to be a, a member of the animal kingdom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, uh, I, this is none of this is to excuse any of the behavior. It's just to say no. that, like, look, here was, I mean, again, trite, but here was a man. Well, like, this is what a human being is. I'm going to skip ahead a little, but, yeah. then, you know, one of the people on this list is Kirk Douglas. Sure. Who, at 103, you know, and broke the blacklist. Yep. Uh, tirelessly championed, uh, the, you know, the rights of minorities, the rights of. Of 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 Jews, the right you know fought yep. brilliantly to to sort of open up a lot of this stuff. Made incredible films, mm-hmm. and you know clearly was abusing women, taking advantage of mm-hmm. them uh, in ways that are even for the time were not okay. Yeah, hurting people, right? Al- also married to the same woman for like eighty years, and like I mean, there's no like, yeah. what do you do? You know? Exactly, and so yeah, it's and I just I hope what you do is you look at the human race and say, 
we're all of us on this yeah, endlessly but to, yeah, fluctuating but I think, scale. I agree, but I think I think it's really, really hard. It is. It's so much easier to just say that's other people. And and this uh, this came up another way. I can't remember what it was, but um, oh, I know what it was. This is just off topic, but I think it illustrates mm-hmm. what we're talking about here, which is that. Uh, a friend of mine online said he saw someone in uh, come out of a grocery store and get in one of those little scooters, the sort of mobility aids, sure. drive away. And he heard this couple behind him, and the guy was like, hey, he doesn't need that scooter. <laughs> and he's like, what makes people say such judgmental shit? And, I'm, and, all, I could, and all I could say to respond was, it's 100% about that guy thinking, oh, man, I'm never going to get old enough and gross enough to have to be in a scooter, so fuck that guy. Yeah, basically. Right? And it's no different. This is all about us projecting our, well, I'm never going to rape someone, so you know what? That guy's terrible. Like, or worse, I'm or afraid worse. I am going to rape right. someone or I did rape right. someone, so, so fuck that so guy. So fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not helping us. No, it isn't. Right? I, You know, again, to kind of go sideline a little bit, but I and I'm not – by any means the most qualified person to make this point, but I'm going to make it anyway because I'm an idiot. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, obviously, a lot of people That positive. movie's about liking Hitler. Yeah, well, a yeah, lot of people okay. very positive, a lot of people very negative, but yep. one of the things people are, are criticizing the movie about is that they say that it is, you know, empathetic towards Nazis, and I'm like, well, I, I think we ne- may need to learn to be slightly more empathetic towards Nazis. That's not yeah, to I tolerate don't... their behavior, but, like, the reality is those were human beings. We've spent our lives believing that they were mindless automatons. They weren't. They, they weren't. They were stupid people who made stupid decisions. yeah. 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 Like, that's they were what just like us, which is the point. Yeah, and they didn't stop existing when the war ended, and they just became regular that's Germans right. again. <laughs> I know. Everybody. Oh, they got I don't really know. good at making cars. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. not what happened. You're driving around in a, a, yeah. a golf. Guess who built that golf? Yeah. Guess, guess who that person's grandparents were? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I dated someone whose father was in the Hitler Youth. Neat. Yeah. It was not a lot of fun. No, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, so. Awkward at family family dinners. I'll bet. Yeah. Um, Anyway, back uh, okay, on track. back back on track. <laughs> no, but you know but this, this is... is the value of roll call. Thank you. Uh, Carol Serling passed away, so Rod, Rod Serling's, Serling's uh, partner, uh, partner yep. li- lifelong sort of uh, gu- a guardian of his estate, also clearly very influential on him as a writer, um, unsung, and you know yet another example of people who, you know, they're not just the person they are, but they're they're in a team, but we never see the female. Part of that, team. of course. So I wanted to call that out. She's mm-hmm. a real hero for me. Uh, and another one, uh, screenwriter Harriet Frank Jr., who uh, worked with her husband uh, Irving Ravitch for most of her career and had a very close working relationship with Martin Ritt. So wrote *The Long Hot Summer*, uh, wrote *Norma Ray*, *Murphy's Romance*, *Stanley and Iris*. Like just great, mm-hmm. great. And if you've never seen *Norma Ray*, I haven't. Yeah, that's a. Boy, yeah, that's a good movie. That movie. You will want to have such sex with uh, mm. with um, uh, Ron Liebkin. You, you, Ron Liebman, you won't believe it. He's okay. the sexiest thing mm. on two legs in that movie. Tremendous. Um, Robert Schoen, who was professionally known as Bob Shane, founding member of the Kingston Trio and the last surviving member of the Kingston Trio. All right. Kingston Trio, of course, paved the way for the whole entire folk revolution in the 60s. Uh, if you've seen... Um, uh, what's that Coen Brothers movie? Uh, uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis. He's like the previous generation hmm. of singers that that Lewin Davis is sort of supplanting. Right on. Uh, Jack Burns, who was an American comedian actor during the '60s, he was part of two stand-up 
uh, comedy partnerships, first with George Carlin, mm-hmm. and then with Avery Schreiber. Burns and Schreiber was uh, probably the best-known comedy duo of the 60s. More importantly, he went on to be head writer on Hee Haw and then The Muppet Show. Neat. Yeah, and co-wrote The Muppet Movie with, with uh, Jerry Jewell, who replaced him as head writer. Hmm. Um, and he's the reason that Avery Schreiber was a guest host on The Muppet Show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fred Silverman, TV executive. Ah, uh, yes. The only executive ever to helm all three networks. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. It I is. Remember there were there was a time when there were three networks. I know. Wow. I know. But responsible for bringing in All in the Family, uh, for CBS, The Waltons, mm-hmm. then went to ABC, Charlie's Angels, Rich Man, Poor Man, Roots, Shogun, mm-hmm. like... When he when he finally went to uh, NBC, he brought in Hill Street Blues. He brought in like he hired Brandon Tartikoff. Guy's a, a legend. Wow. So. Um, uh, Alan Harris was an actor mm-hmm. uh, who I included just for you because he played Bosk. Oh yeah, in the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, when he died, I was just like, I don't think I ever knew that that was his name, and yet I physically saw him once at a convention not too long ago, like a year ago. Uh, I was like, oh, is that what was under there? Yeah. Neat. That's, yeah, so he passed away. All right. Uh, Mary Higgins Clark, who was a novelist of trashy thriller novels that uh-huh. usually were named after nursery rhymes. Hmm. Uh, many of them got uh, got turned into movies, mostly sort of TV movies of the uh, Lifetime Channel variety, uh-huh. right? Uh, but massive success, like sold, I think, what was it? Her 51 books uh, have been a bestseller All over the world, millions of copies. Uh, Her debut novel is in its 75th printing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that, eh? Uh, Andy Gill, British musician and producer, lead guitarist for Gang of Four, uh, produced albums for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Jesus Lizard, the Stranglers, Michael Hutchins, Killing Joke, Therapy. So not a great uh, month for sort of seminal British Pop guys, mm. we we also uh, lost just like recently lost uh, um, uh, another one, which I'm going to talk about a bit later. But like that was a that was a, a for mm-hmm. people who who love Gang of Four, that was that was tough. Yep. Um, Gene Reynolds, who was uh, writer, director, producer, co-creator of Mash, the TV series mm. with Larry Gelbart. Um, he also wrote 11 episodes. He directed 24 episodes. Uh, also produced all 22 episode, episodes of the first season of Blue Grant. Wow. Um, uh, actor Diane Thorne, better known as Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Passed away uh, at the age of 83. Eesh. Yeah. Uh, Orson Bean, as yes. you mentioned. Uh, 91 years old, was hit by a car. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. was post-Oscars, I believe. I don't know if it was or wasn't. I saw it on a list of Oscar misses, but whatever. Yeah, doesn't matter. But, let's not split beans. Split, split beans. But Jesus. let's be let's let's be clear. I only am so fully aware of Orson Bean because he played Bilbo in the animated Hobbit. Yep, and it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great performance. Yep, it's it's still how I think of. Mm-hmm. Of uh, the Hobbit because that performance is so right. good. I always, whenever an elderly person is is killed in a traffic accident, I'm just like, how long would they have gone? Like Desmond Llewellyn died in a car crash. Yeah, and I was like maybe he would have been Q for another 25 years. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. 
just a decrepit yep. wheel him out like a Dalek. I mean, he was in pretty <laughs> he was in pretty rough shape the last time we Open saw him. Open up that cage yeah. and it's just Q yeah. inside uh, it. Yeah. Gadget. Uh, Robert Conrad, American film and television actor, most notably for Wild Wild West, where he played James West. Uh, Victor Gerlich, who was uh, Gorlick, sorry, American comic book editor and executive, worked in a variety of roles for uh, roles at Archie Comics over sixty years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, eventually became editor in chief of Archie Comics. Uh, actor Volker Spengler, who was a uh, mainstay of Fassbinder, um, one of his key collaborators, uh, uh, played uh, the transsexual Irwin slash Elvira in the film A Year of Thirteen Moons. Hmm. Um, Paula Kelly who was an American dancer, singer, actress in films, television, and theater. Uh, most notably, Paula Kelly is the uh, the attorney on the first season of Night Court, who was replaced by Marky Post. Oh, shit. Yeah. Her. So her. So good, right? She w- Well, I mean, it's still real weird to see those first season episodes where you're just like, where the fuck They're is just everybody? They're feeling this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, her, Lara Kett's all uptight and buttoned yeah. up and not great. Yeah, right? absolutely. They yeah. hadn't quite figured out the gears yet. They hadn't quite figured yet. it out. They Roz diff- isn't there yeah, yet. Yeah, Roz isn't there they had, they had, they the had Selma bailiff. Diamond, yeah, and Selma who's Diamond, great yeah, also. Yeah. But oh, like, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. it's just a weird show. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Anyway, yeah. Night Court history, folks. That's what we're good for. Uh, Joseph Shabalala, who is the f- who was the founder and uh, orchestrator, lead singer of Lady Smith Black Mombasa, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, I do want to say that I think that's I would say that's probably the most significant world music figure in history, maybe in terms of impact on sort of Western culture. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Christy Blatchford, fuck her, oh, God, uh, fuck her, fuck her, honestly, fuck um, her. Uh, Lynn Cohn, who is a character actor, actress. Uh, most notably, I think, for fans of uh, Sex and the City, I think she had a recurring role there, which I don't know much about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she did play uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's mother in Synecdoche and uh, Gold of My Ear in Munich. Right. Right? She's so good in Munich. Which she is, is really good. You can say a lot about in Munich, but she's a very good aspect of Munich. Yeah. She's terrific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like Munich. Uh, it's it's not a rewatch movie. It's not a it's I not mean, a rewatch movie. And look, I think he finally got his shit together on Bridge of Spies, which is the movie that he was kind of hoping Munich would be. Yeah, in, I I maintain to this day that if Munich was ninety minutes long, oh yeah, it'd be a yeah. knockout. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Bridge of Spies, fucking go see Bridge. Go see that's Bridge a good of movie, Spies, man. That's a good ass film. Uh, a. E. Hotchner was a playwright, uh, biographer. Most notably, wrote a lot of biographies about Hemingway. Was very uh, familiar with him. His memoir, King of the Hill, mm-hmm. was uh, adapted by Steven Soderbergh. Um, that King of the Hill. That King of the Hill. Not the show. Not, not the show. Okay. And, but more importantly, co-founder of Newman Foods with Paul Newman and the oh. Hole in the Wall gang. Uh, uh, he, was, he was Paul Newman's neighbor. Tremendous. So they so that that was their thing together. He's they the other half. They made the salad dressing. That's They incredible. made the salad dressing, That's yeah. That's great. That is very good dressing. It is. It is. Uh, okay. Um I, I, you know, you know how we feel about sportsing and yeah. sports balls. Don't know much about the sports uh, balls, but this, for me anyway, was pretty significant. Tony Fernandez passed away. He did. He did. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Tony Fernandez Fuck. passed away, how and old he's, was he? he he was only like ten years older than us. Yeah, that's the other fucking crazy yeah. thing, right? Hate, that. Hate it when that happens. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like he was in his late fifties. That sucks. Yeah. Jesus, I missed that completely. Yeah, yeah, and. And I, I mean, like I said, we don't love sports now, yeah. but I think growing up, yeah, man, oh man, 
He's so good. He, he was pull, good. He, he would make these plays routinely every game where you'd just be like, well, that's I don't understand. That's impossible. Yeah. Right? Uh, the the star of Queen of Catway, uh, Nikita Pearl uh, Waligwa, passed away. She was only 15 years old. She had a brain tumor. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that either. That's yeah. horrible. Isn't she it? Is, she is. That is first of all. See that's that movie. A great that's movie. a great fucking movie. Yeah. She's wonderful in it. That yeah. is. That's Mira Nair, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. such a good. That's a really good movie. Disney was sneaking movies in under the radar for a while there. Yeah. That were just like. Like I'm thinking of like that uh, the rookie mm-hmm. with uh, <laughs> yeah. Dennis Quaid. Like they were they were making like little movies for a yep. while just to see what would happen. And like mm-hmm. yeah, there's some of them are really good. And, and that they're all really just on good. Disney Plus now. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Queen of Cotway included. I mean, please watch it. Yeah. It's a great film. Uh, Charles Portis, the novelist, died this month. Uh, True Grit. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, and this is a tough one again. Cy Sperling, president of Hair Club for Men. He did? He passed away. Wow. He, he was wasn't seven, just he the was president. He he said he, he was sorry, also, you said he was the president? He but was also, also a client. He was also a client. Yeah. I, I literally referenced that in a meeting yeah. today with a kid who's like 28. He had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's nice Sperling. Yeah. And I like I want to make a joke, but there's, and I'm sure I, there is one. But I don't know. I feel like we anyway. just made a joke. Yeah. Uh, the store Pier 1 <laughs> is no more. <laughs> really? They're closing up. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, Larry Tesler, who was uh, a, an interface designer and engineer, most notable, and not 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 to reduce him to a thing. This uh, is a pretty big thing. This is a pretty big thing. <laughs> he 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 coined the idea of cut, copy, and paste. Yeah. No, we literally another person we literally referenced at work today. Yeah. The cut, copy, yeah. and paste guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, many more things than that. Mo- sure. Modeless but that's design. Pretty substantial. Things that are really fundamental to using computers. Right? Yeah. Uh, Catherine Johnson, who was uh, yeah. memorialized in Hidden Figures. Yeah. Uh, 103? 101. 101. 101, because, yeah. as many people pointed out, died in her prime. It's <laughs> uh, horrible. It's great. It's That's really, great. She was horrible. She was so smart she wouldn't die at 100. Yeah. Had to die in her prime at 101. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Noreen Gillitz, who I mentioned on Twitter. Yeah. Cookbook author and food uh, writer and nutritionist and wrote... Uh, certainly for Canadian Jews, the do you have the cookbook in your family? Like the one for many, I think for most people, it's Joy of Cooking. We have a but Joy like, of Cooking. I think. Do you have that, a the cookbook? I think that's no. I don't think so. I think my my yeah. my mother is too sophisticated a cook to have landed on one <laughs> at any so, point. For certainly for diasporic Jews, like non-Israeli Jews, that is the second helpings, please, which was a book originally designed to raise money for. Uh, the B'nai B'rith or Hadassah in Montreal. So it was like one of those cookbooks of, hey, everybody, bring us your recipes mm-hmm. and we'll make a cookbook and then we'll sell it for charity. That book became uh, a, a multi, multi, multi bestseller year over year over year. It's in like its 20th edition. She was the original editor of the book, mm-hmm. put it together. And Second Helpings Please has the recipes in it. Like if you are a Jewish cook, yep. that's the book. Yep. Um, and then when food processors started to and the reason I wanted to bring this up is because she's significant, I think, to uh, to me, my family. So in the 1970s, my mother was one of the first women to go and demonstrate food processors in malls. Wow. That was her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noreen Gillitz wrote, after Second Helping, she wrote this book called The Food Processor Cookbook, which then became The Food Processor Bible and is, again, this indispensable book where she took all of these core recipes from Second Helpings and adopted them, mm. uh, adapted them for 
working with a food processor. Awesome. Um, which is, like, again, just my family. But my mother was, like, in business in the 80s selling cookies and squares. Most of her recipes start with recipes from Noreen Gillis's mm. books. Like, she was more than a mentor. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, and I think most people... Again, primarily in the Jewish community, but I think elsewhere as well, they know those books, especially mm-hmm. the food processor one. Hmm. Uh, Hosni Mubarak, fuck him. Yeah, fuck, uh, fuck him. Hey, and remember a few months ago when I talked about that the guy died who was the toolbox killer? Yes. Jesus fucking Christ, the other toolbox killer died. That's also true. Like yeah. two months in between and then, two man, toolboxes. you know, when two people live together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David Roback, who is the other musician I was going to talk about, yeah. uh, Mazzy Star. Yeah. Um, Love Mazzy Star. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, just like I think this today or yesterday, uh, just a capper on this, Fritz Olaf Thunberg, mm-hmm. who was an actor, Swedish actor, mostly did voiceover work, actually did most of the – like wor- worked as a key voiceover – uh, dubber on like every Disney movie since about the sixties. Yeah, like did Shere Khan in in right. uh, in the Swedish uh, releases. Did Shere Khan? Did did Robin Hood? Mm-hmm. Did but also uh, has a, he has a small part in Winter Light, uh, the Bergman film. Okay, he plays the the organist in the church. Uh, but, I do not recall the organist in Winter Light. The reason I bring it up mm-hmm. is because he is also Greta Thunberg's grandfather. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So there you go. Well, that's, she had a week. And that's Roll Call. How'd I do on time? That's, you did great. Great. Yeah, you're under <laughs> you're under a half hour, which is back to normal. <laughs> I love it. It's good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, it's going to do slightly, slightly different for bio today, which is, so first of all, people who have been listening to any of our shows for a long time, and you probably know this, Peter Biskind, the old writer from Premiere. I love that guy. Old I love his Peter books. Old Peter Biskind. Yeah, old Peter Biskind. Yeah. So he writes... Three books in a row. He writes Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, which we called the Bible when I was in film school because it teaches you how to be a complete asshole as a director. Then he writes a book about the Weinsteins. uh, They turned out to be assholes. Oh, boy. And then, so while I'm reading these two books. then he wrote the 80s books, didn't he? Well, no. So I'm reading reading these two books, and I'm like, man, this guy really has a specific sexual crush on Warren Beatty. And then he bears that out because he finally decides for book three he's just going to write a book about Warren Beatty. Sure. So I'm watching a Warren Beatty movie for this month so I figure fuck I'll go see what what Peter Biskin had to say about Buck Henry instead of doing a a proper bio and also because I'm slightly you know uh, lazy (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say tumescent yeah thank you very Uh, much for for saying that oh yeah so Beatty needed an additional director what happened what did you do my microphone fell out so Henry was a military brat believe it or not the son of an air force general he went to Dartmouth Buck was into every scene imaginable, recalls a friend. He was incredibly funny, very repressed, very prurient, almost like an adolescent. He was always interested in fringe people, strippers, and weirdos. <laughs> he lived in a basement apartment yep. on 10th Street in the village that he shared with a life-sized stuffed gorilla that made its home on the living room floor. Henry never took off his pajamas, simply flinging his street clothes over them when he went out. He had a dry and unforgiving wit that he wielded like a rapier. It cut so fine that his victims didn't even know they'd been sliced until well afterwards when a gout of blood gushed from the wound they didn't know they had. He quickly made a name for himself on the new Steve Allen show, That Was the Week That Was, and Get Smart with Mel Brooks. Henry was smart and level-headed, a gregarious man who had to be at every gallery opening, every new theater piece, every concert, every party. Best of all, Henry was needy. 
After being profiled as the hottest writer in Hollywood in the New York Times Magazine in 1970 for The Graduate and Catch-22, he also wrote The Owl and the Pussycat and rewrote Peter Bogdanovich's hit What's Up, Doc? Uh, Henry was marking time. Once a year, he hosted Saturday Night Live, as you said, uh, then in its heyday, and did some occasional writing for the show. Despite the fact that Hal Ashby had been extremely unhappy on Shampoo, Henry, knowing that his days as a flavor of the week were over, had no qualms about co-directing uh, having can wait with Warren Beatty. So there's your there's your Buck Henry. Uh, which one do you want to do first for for Buck Henry? Do you want to go into having can wait, well, or do you want to? First, I just want to yeah. say that prurient is yep. the word. That's the way to do it. And I love that about him. Like I always picture, no matter what I'm watching by him, Graduate, yeah. Heaven Can Wait, the movie that I saw, Town and Country. The stuff that's really funny, I imagine him laughing at himself over his hand over his mouth. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> indeed. Like, just, you know, that's kind of like, I just think that's a great thing. Yeah. Right? A great yeah. kind of comic voice to offer. For sure. Yeah. Uh, why don't we talk about Heaven Can Wait? Because, God, I love that movie so sure. much. Now, I don't love that movie so much. I mean, I did like it. I also, watching it kind of made me realize that, like, to do this show justice, I don't know nearly enough about the guy. Like, the problem is it's difficult to sift out of Heaven Can Wait. What are the Buck Henry bits? What are the Warren Beatty bits? What are What is where? Like, how does it work? Sure. It's also really, I thought I felt it was really weird to watch a movie from, I believe it's 78, if I remember yep. correctly, that is 100% someone in 78 trying to make a Golden Age of Hollywood movie, like a 40s-style, yep. you know, movie. Well, then we'll talk more about Town and, and Country, because yeah, that's then, also that. Yeah, and yeah. Then, but then me watching it for the first time in right. 2020, right? Like, there's there's a, an enormous, like, lens of, of of backwards thinking in just this entire experience, of like, sure, which a, I'm sure it's a time, remake of Here yeah. Comes Mr. Jordan. Yes. And the idea is, and always is, I mean, Shampoo is a, you know, a restoration comedy, right? Yeah. Like, he, Beatty is one of those guys, certainly in the comedic realm, that wants to take what was good and do it again. Yeah. yeah. So he wants to do a romantic fantasy about himself playing this, what in this movie is a, is a footballer. In the original, it was a boxer. Right. Um, who dies. Uh, or But dies incorrectly. Like, he was supposed to survive his right, own Right, by accident. They yeah. screw up. Yeah, Buck it's Henry. It's a very funny premise. Buck Henry, yeah. of all people, yanks him out of out of mortal danger right. at the last then second. They, then they owe him a body. And then they owe him a body, so they put him back in a different body and, and you know, hijinks ensue. Um, it's really, like, the thing about this, and, and, and I mentioned a couple episodes ago that I'd watched Ishtar, and, and, and I've, you know, I've obviously seen a lot of Warren Beatty movies. Peter Biskin might get him. I don't necessarily get him. I don't always get what he's going for in any given situation. The movie is well made. It's well acted. It's well directed. Like, everything is done correctly. But I'm never quite sure what persona Beatty is trying to create for the movie star pantheon. You know? And this one didn't help me get any closer to figuring it out. So it's it's uh, it's a sort of 50-50 Jimmy Stewart and Gary Cooper, I would say. That's interesting because I guess I, I saw him as more towards the Nicholson side of the force. No, definitely like being, not. Yeah, no, definitely not. I yeah. mean, you take Bonnie and Clyde out of the equation because that's its own thing. Yeah, but he really, what I love about Beatty is he's first of all like Tom Cruise. He's so handsome to photograph. Yeah, that it's almost weird. Like, it takes you a minute to be like, how is this even possible, right? Yeah. And so he never wants to play that. He just wants to play kind of bumbling. And I and I love that persona. Mm -hmm. And I just think there's not enough of that kind of – like, he is just always, in these movies anyway, he's mostly bemused. Yeah. By, <laughs> yeah. And reacting against – and same thing with Town and Country, but for sure in, in uh, Heaven Can Wait – Man, a murderer's row of character actors yeah. 
and just everyone nailing it a game every step of the Diane Cannon could not be funnier. Well, it's okay. All right. Well, let me say. So, so I think Diane Cannon and Charles Grodin in this movie who play uh, a couple the who, scheming are, who are trying in-laws. to murder yeah. the body that Warren Beatty has The alive person into. they think for, that is. First yeah, yeah. of all, let's begin with, I didn't know that Quantum Leap was a stolen idea. So he beams into this man's right, body at right. a moment and of crisis. And you see Warren Beatty. Yeah, and you but see Warren Beatty else, in the mirror. Right. Everyone else sees the, the other guy. He's got a, 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 a buddy, a, a phantom, who's following him around, giving him advice, just like Al. Again, right. I think it maps very closely to what Donald P. Belisario sure. eventually created e- except Quantum it's good. Leap. No, Excuse kidding. me. <laughs> Excuse me. Allow me to finish a thought. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I Diane, Can- bleep, Diane Cannon and, and Charles Grodin. <laughs> Charles Grodin plays his personal secretary, and Diane and Cannon plays the rich guy's wife. And they are because consp- they're having sex. They're conspiring to kill this yeah. guy, yeah. and they're great. They are unbelievably truly funny, funny, yeah, incredibly funny. Great reaction, huge reactions because like they, they keep trying to kill this guy, and he keeps basically coming back from the dead end or surviving. So right. there's a lot of really great reaction humor. Here is where I don't think the character actor thing works out, which is I really didn't feel like this movie exploited James Mason and Julie Christie's abilities successfully. Yeah, okay. I and think I, they are very both very underwritten, and I was like, yeah. man, those are two great fucking actors. Give I'm them gonna, something to do. I'm going to agree with you about Julie Christie. I think James Mason has this part where he just has to be James Mason, and it's sort Maybe. of like purposeful. I agree with you that the weakest part of the movie is the Julie Christie stuff. It's very blah. Doesn't yeah. doesn't do any work. But holy cow, Jack Warden. Sure, Jack Warden's oh, terrific. Oh man. Yeah. Like so no, there's no, no. so I'm much not, on again, balance where I'm just like this there's so not, many I'm yeah. not I'm not shaming the movie. I'm no, just no, saying I, get it. I think I get those it. two I get actors, it. I'm with you on Julie Christie yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 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 I think those yeah. two there could have been more there. But yeah, so Jack yeah. Warden's great and then you got Buck Henry who's playing the other phantom yeah. who's kind of Guilty of this transgression. And it's always fun for me to watch any scene where it's the two of them, Warren Beatty and, and, and Buck Henry together, being like, they're directing the picture right now. And they're the only two <laughs> people in the in the in the frame. Uh yeah, like I so you know, I had a I, it was a it was a good old time. It, and it's it's one of those movies where it's like, geez, they it's just in and it's an intentional crowd pleaser which nobody makes anymore. No. It doesn't it's, happen. It all the minute I just think it's great because the first time you watch it you feel like it's so lived in yeah. and weathered mm-hmm. and you're just like if this is a movie that if this movie just comes on TV I'll just watch it. Yeah. Like cuz I know that the scenes that are funny are so funny, yeah. right? So it's just you like you said. Yeah. It's a crowd pleaser. It's such a popular entertainment on yeah. purpose that it's like to me that's magic right? yeah so, absolutely yeah i i thought it was real interesting that Beatty and henry collaborated on this to direct their first film together both of them basically believing that neither of them could do an entire film on their own yet right so they but thought they could talk to each they other could talk to each other and figure it, it out yeah yeah, yeah. Beatty apparently incredibly indecisive on set like could just dither till the end of the day sure so i guess henry Reds. was there to fight against that wall <laughs> oh, yeah that is correct um never saw a cut he couldn't make longer yeah seriously <laughs> Yeah. Reds, my mother's favorite movie. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, Fascinating. I, I finally watched it like five years ago. It's and not I was like, great. Uh, yeah, I it's watched it five long. years ago and I was like, yeah. Mom, I just 
I'm not seeing it. <clears throat> I mean, it's wonderful, kind of. It's There's sweeping. a lot of very good stuff in it. There's a and lot it's of about movie an interesting in it. thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think yeah. I really understood what Reds was about until I was an adult, and then I was like, oh no, that is genuinely a point of historical interest for me. Yeah, there's an inflection um, point in what's happening with yeah. America and yeah. Russia that's like, yeah, fascinating. And right? also, I mean, obviously. And John has, Reed is fascinating yeah. as a person. And has yeah. some actual modern day significance as well. Like, yeah. yeah. True in 1980, still true today. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, that's Reds. And that's uh, Heaven Can Wait. But Town and Country, which I haven't seen, yeah, I always boy. wanted to see. Because again, speaking of Peter Biskind, he fucking goes to town, sorry, on that one. Uh, <laughs> Like he he piles on and hates it. Uh, yeah, as as this like late Jesus game Christ. fucking disaster. So it's it's neither of those things. Great. <laughs> so look, I I benefit immensely from, and this is why I like watching old movies uh-huh. because this is a great example of, you know, when a movie's forty or fifty years old, and I just pick it up based on having heard of the title and going, oh, interesting cast, and oh, look at who's that who that writer is. I should probably <laughs> watch this and see if it's any good. I don't know anything about squabbles that were happening while they were making the movie. Of course. Or who was sleeping with who. Mm-hmm. or Warren Beatty was sleeping with everyone. Or anything. I don't need to know any of that. Like, none of that helps. And the interesting thing for me was, first of all, I like this movie immensely. Mm-hmm. I would call it low-key great. Mm-hmm. It is exceptionally funny. Again, cast is a murderer's row mm-hmm. of... All the way down the line, Goldie Hawn is great. Diane Keaton is great. Buck Henry has a part for himself in it that's quite funny. Um, boy, oh boy, is Shandling ever terrific. Mm. This might be his best performance on film. Great. Yeah. He is he, he, he is stealing every scene like a pro. He's great. Beatty is very funny in it. Mm. Again, it's this sort of bemused... Why does my life keep happening to me? Kind of person, right. which I think he's great at, and again, and and it's it's meant to be a screwball comedy that is about how the foibles of rich waspy people and how they are essentially slightly ridiculous, right? And then I go and read the reviews, which, by the way, thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I got the shit. Uh, and even when I went to Top Critics, it's actually better than that for Top Critics. It looks like about 40, sixty forty for mm-hmm. Top Critics against. But the people who are against, none of them fail to mention the production problems mm-hmm. and how it was recut and re-edited and and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, these things have. Fuck all to do with this. Well, this, like, I mean, not, they don't matter, and not you to should go not to, know them when you go to review it. They're not important. The, n- to bring it back up, you know, I was reading some JoJo Rabbit reviews, and a lot of the negative ones were about how offensive they found the marketing campaign. And I'm like, well, well I don't give a shit. Watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Your opinion doesn't matter if the fucking poster tagline bothered you. Yeah, thank you. So, so that was. So again, I'm not like everybody's free to have whatever reaction they have. For me, this is. Absolutely, a very enjoyable shaggy dog kind of movie mm. that has some of the very funniest stuff I've seen, you know, this year in it. Like, wow. like it just we laughed and really enjoyed it. That's great. Yeah, I'm glad it's really it. funny. It's very, it's very silly. Is this the last thing Beatty has directed? Uh, I think I so. No, no, because he did the Howard Hughes movie just recently. Oh, right, right, right. Right? Which is, that's not a great movie. Yeah. You can see what he's trying to do, but it's not great. Yeah. But this is, like, super fun. Huh. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. It's, right. And he did not direct this. I, I thought he did. No, Peter Chelsum, who uh, Why directed- Why do I think Beatty did it? I don't know, but Peter Chelsum, who directed Hear My Song, mm-hmm. uh, and apparently the Hannah Montana movie. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> All right. 
Job's a job, man. Yep. Uh, but anyway, he does. It's got a very light touch. It's the scenes are all funny. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly like about plot, mm-hmm. but it is very much about character. And the comedy comes out of character, and the performances live up to that. And mm. yeah, I, I, you know, he at one point he gets he's uh, he's been cheating, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a spoiler. It's like the first thing you find out in the movie. But he's he's pretty sure he's been caught. He's driving home, baby's driving home in his car, mm-hmm. practicing. He's going. He's just over and over the scenes. Just him in the car going. How could you think I would jeopardize this marriage? Like over and over <laughs> and over with different inflections. Just really funny. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that'll be that'll be that for our Buck Henry episode. Yeah. So I so I I'm so glad I saw it. Yeah. I'm glad for all of us. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps someday I will to watch it too because it has been a point of interest for me for a very long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't think we've actually mentioned this on the show yet, but it's worth mentioning that our next episode, our March episode, will be our last episode. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and I was actually thinking maybe we should just maybe the subject of the show should be the show, but no, that's, that's probably too dark that's not going to work. That's not going to work. <laughs> but we'll figure out who the final subject of Death Watch will be at some point between now and then. Well, it's the last show but one. Because whichever of us actually goes first. Oh, yeah, no, that's a given. The other one will come back and yep. do a show. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. I've got most of that written, by That's the way. actually what I want for my yeah. uh, funeral. Well, maybe one of us will get lucky. Like you just and, DJ and, show. And go down in the next 30 days. Uh, well, <laughs> that is lucky. Oh, I can't wait for that. Because we know it'll oh, be me. God. Imagine yeah. if it actually happens Yeah, you now. know what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, he drew a rhinoceros and later a rhinoceros ran him over. Yeah. You know, I had yeah. a friend who wanted to come over to see my my I have quite a large uh, action figure collection at my home and uh, his wife was joking are you absolutely sure he's not just bringing me over to his house to murder you so we started joking about that and riffing about it so much that when I finally sent him the meeting invite it was like Matt kills Rob and then I was like sure. if you actually die on your way oh, to that's my house a funny premise. I'm in an enormous <laughs> amount of trouble <laughs> that's a you know what that is that's a funny premise for a play yeah you can put something together there Matt Kills Rob, the play. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you next month, unless, as I have just possibly willed into existence, one of us dies. Well, then one of us will talk to you. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, look, look, whichever one of us Can that you? is, I wish you the best. Yeah. I think it'll be great. I think it's a great way for us to go out on this By the podcast. way, it's our last show. Guess what I found out this month? What's that? Apparently there's a sound effect with an eagle. You didn't know that? I don't listen ne- to our show. You don't show. listen to the show? <laughs> Oh, Jesus no. H. Christ, are you crazy? <laughs> First nope. of all, nope. I fully sent you that when I created it. Yeah, I don't remember. Second of all, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Every time I lay that into the track, yeah. I burst out laughing. Good, excellent. I, that thing kills me. Good. Yeah, there's an eagle. Anyway, thanks everyone. Tedrick.